You're listening to another episode of Classic Movies Live. Today, uh, we're back in theaters, baby. Uh, it's time to talk about my most anticipated movie of 2020. Uh, that's right. This is my most anticipated movie of last year. It just released. That's going to be The Green Knight, starring Dev Patel and Ralph Ineson and Alicia Vikander. And uh, I could just read down the entire list of people that are in this movie, but I'm not going to do that. Directed by David Lowry, though. Um, for me, this is actually my first uh, David Lowry movie that I've seen. No, it's my second David Lowry, Lowry movie I've seen behind a ghost story. Uh, not a ghost story. I really probably should redo this, but I'm not going to. I also saw The Old Man and the Gun. That's the one I meant to say. Um, but yeah, this is basically my introduction to David Lowry. I believe it is for Pierre as well. And um, I guess to uh, very briefly sum up, we were pretty impressed. This is, uh, um, we're, we're going to spend a long time just telling exactly what is good about this movie. A couple of flaws. Uh, I think it's a very difficult one to spoil. But there is a certain point in the, uh, in the episode where we put out a direct spoiler warning, so you will hear it. You can listen to this without having seen the movie, and you don't have to worry about spoilers, really. We, we, are, we try to be very careful. So, without further ado, here's going to be some music from The Green Knight. And we're back. We're back to another episode of Classic Movies Live. Pierre, how does it feel to be back in theaters? This was, uh, was this uh, your first time back in theaters? Yeah, it was great. I th- well, I wait, no, it was like my third time. Um, but this was uh, probably the most fun time I had because, uh, you know, the movie we watched uh, probably had the, the most fun crowd reaction at the end that I've seen in a while in a theater. And that's the stuff oh. I missed, you know, like the... I guess just like the noises the audience makes when something weird happens. Um, it really oh, adds that's to cool. It. I, uh, I was in this with like, I, I was watching this movie with like, it wasn't an empty theater, but like it was a pretty quiet theater. They were, I don't, I don't know if I can really say they were the target audience for this, but I would imagine that the target audience for this movie is one that's going to be a little more, you know, thoughtful, introspective, really take the movie in and they were mm-hmm. doing that. They weren't reacting much. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Sounds good. So, so you're saying it, it might've been quiet, but it wasn't like a, a dead theater. No, it was a pretty, yeah. uh, yeah. And I'm like, I got the impression that people liked it, but it was really more of an energy rather than a sound. Mm, yeah. Fair enough. 
And what is that um, movie that is making people make sounds? Or yeah, feelings? so uh, oh, this movie, oh, this movie has such a good poster. All right. This movie that we're going to talk about today is The Green Knight. Now, I don't know. I think I've mentioned it before on this podcast. Um, it might have been on episodes that aren't on Spotify yet, which I'm going to try and remedy that soon. But anyway, might have been on episodes that aren't up yet. Um, uh, this was my most anticipated movie of 2020. Uh, you may notice that it's not 2020 anymore. And if you're listening to this uh, in 2021, you know, you, you didn't miss a year. We're, we're, we're recording this in 2021. It just didn't come out in 2020. Yeah, for, for certain reasons. It's weird. No one really could say um, why. But um, yeah, last year, apparently. So this, this was originally supposed to come out in June of last year. But uh, it didn't come out. And over the last year, the director, David Lowry, uh, he actually spent the entire year re-editing this movie. He said, uh, I, I saw in an interview that like the climactic scene of this movie, which I'm going to be honest, I've seen this movie and I'm not 100% sure what it's referring to, but I have an idea. <laughs> the climactic scene of this movie took a year to edit, apparently. I could see that. It was a very intense sequence. If it um, is the sequence I'm thinking of, then like, yeah, I understand how that would take longer to edit than the whole rest of the movie. Yeah. If it, if it, if it's the other like kind of climax, then I would be kind of worried because it, it was a pretty easy edit from what I can tell. So, Wow, did Pierre just make a sex joke? Wait, was... Oh, no, that... <laughs> That was not. Oh no! I just. That's did pretty that. clever, Oops. though. Okay, yeah, that's pretty good. This uh, movie did have Knight. sex. Spoiler. Yeah, it did. It did have. You know what? I'm not gonna continue that line of thinking. Actually, <laughs> I was like, "Is he actually gonna say?" <laughs> I'm. I'm not actually. <laughs> okay. Cool respect. Um. Yeah, Pierre, you just got out of this. You know what? Before we go into this, I want to hear your like. Your, your first impressions, your earliest possible impressions, because I think you saw this movie like half an hour ago. I mean, a little more than that, but like, uh, you're, yeah, like it's very Literally fresh. like an hour ago, basically. All right, I got out an hour ago. Um, nice. I'd say it's just, because I remember I walked, I think it helped that I had low expectations, actually, because I walked it, I, I was reading like some people talking about it, and they just said it was like very... Very artsy, not very, not many words spoken. Just it's a, it's kind of like a, a I don't know, like an art piece, you know. And usually, I'm not really mm -hmm. a big fan, a big fan of movies like that, because um, I'm much more, I don't know, I, I, I like more straight up movies like solid character arcs and like ambitious, I don't know, set pieces. I like blockbuster movies. <laughs> I like good blockbuster movies, basically. You're trying um, to say that your favorite movie of the year is Fast 9, The Fast Saga. And I understand honestly, what you're saying. I wouldn't be surprised if it... I, actually, I still haven't seen Fast 9, but it theoretically could be, because not much has come out this year um, that I enjoy. But yeah, no, The Green Knight, um, it's just... It's, it's, I, I guess I got, more, I got more interested than I thought it'd be. Um, it, is, it is definitely an art piece movie, but like... It, it really sucks you in just based on the vibe. It's like kind of like a very psychedelic movie, I want to say, the, mm -hmm. despite the setting. And, um, you know, and it, like, it's, it's really hard to say what really drew me in so much, but it, it did, and it did it well. I also want to say a sentence that makes no sense, but, like, it was kind of surreal in not that surreal a way. Like, 
as I'm watching it, everything that's happening on screen, I can like like make sense within the context of the world. Nothing was happening, like there was magic, but this is a world with magic. So like everything seemed really grounded and yet it mm -hmm. was still pretty trippy. Like, I mean, it's about a man who fights a tree and that just kind of made sense in the world. That wasn't like, oh, the tree is a metaphor for everything. I mean, it is, but the, um, but it just like, that, that's just a person who exists in the world. Yeah, like it's a very, like it's shot very gritty, right? And like, mm -hmm. um, I, I guess in kind of, it's kind of like a similar, I mean, I don't know if this is a great comparison, but like, kind of like how Game of Thrones introduced magic and stuff, but like in a very relatively grounded way. Like this wasn't like magic, like Harry Potter or anything, where well, like it was very flashy or, or whatever. It, it just, yeah. Probably it, my it, favorite, it, uh, yeah, actually, when we're talking about the magic, like, the things that stand out to me most are at one point he gets a magic sash, and you never see the sash do anything. You just know that it can. And mm -hmm. then, like, you never see, no, nothing happens with that. It's just like, oh, he's got the sash, so it, it's going to do its sash buff. And then, like, a different time, uh, one, uh, one, of the witch, uh, one, one of the witch characters which I'm, I'm calling her that. I don't know if that's even a spoiler. Just one of the characters who can use magic essentially takes a photograph and that's what the magic is. So as someone who knows what a photograph is, I look at it and I'm like, oh, that's really clever. But then like in universe, it seems like magic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think, I think that, like there was nothing in it that really threw me off, even though there was uh, yeah, a lot of fantastical things. Um, and even so, like... Uh, Despite all this, the the story itself, too, uh, despite how abstract everything is, is also extremely grounded and uh, it's also I guess really, relatable in a weird way. It's also really, really simple. Like I'm about to describe the plot of this. It's going to be so much quicker to describe than most other movies we describe. <laughs> so this movie is about Gawain, one of the knights of King Arthur, and uh, at the very beginning, he's hanging out with King Arthur for Christmas. And a knight from somewhere far away, six days northward, I think is what he says, but it's actually just Wales, comes to visit and uh, challenges anyone in the room to attack him. And then with, with, the only, uh, with the only stipulation being in one year, he gets to make the exact same strike on them. So Gawain goes up to the guy and he chops off his head. And then... The knight picks up his head and he's like, all right, you got one year. And then the rest <laughs> of the movie is like Gawain going to meet this guy who's going to chop off his head. And that's yeah. it. That's the plot. There's obviously a bunch more that happens and we'll talk about that. But like, that's the plot of the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, quite literally. I mean, you know, I think there's like, uh, due to the pacing of the movie, the way the movie's paced, it, it, it there's there's other kind of mini side stories I want to say almost like within the movie. It's um, kind of built up as a series of side stories because it's like this is all of the stuff that happened to him on his adventure north. Yeah, which I kind of like. It's not like you know, and like I, I didn't feel like each story like was necessary. If that makes sense, like 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 it, it, I don't know if they it truly added anything, but they were like some interesting sequences. And um, I don't know. It felt very kind of like those old. Okay, uh, okay. I'm gonna be 100 percent honest here. I've never seen 
any of these like old knights on a quest movies or stories or whatever, but I have seen Monty Python and the Holy Grail and like, it's like similar. It's like they're, they're built similarly in that it's, it's like following a knight who is on a quest and on, on this quest, there are multiple kind of side stories that happen between here and there that I guess help mature and embolden the knight uh, before, while even though they aren't necessarily like connected to the climax, if that makes sense, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah actually, I would describe this. We'll get into it a lot more later because it's we have it written down as the last. I have it written down as the last thing I want to talk about. But mm. um, you said that like they didn't. Not each of these different stories necessarily advanced the story. If I did, I am I am I remembering what you're saying yeah, there correctly? At least okay. not on like a, a surface level. Yeah, yeah, but what they all but all of them were necessary because all of them were like a separate this this whole movie in my opinion is like one big moral tale with like it's there's a bunch of stuff going on but at its core it's trying to get across one moral as a message and every single one of those stories that happens uh is like a small tale that's this like a small version of the whole thing. It's a small tale about like that same moral and how Gawain is, you know, learning along the way. That's fair. Well, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess, hmm, how do I say this? It's just like each, it didn't necessarily feel like, hmm, okay. Well, maybe this is all movies, but like you, you could have, each of the stories could have inherently been done completely differently as long as you had uh him him i guess grow in a certain way if yeah that makes sense yeah okay um yeah anyways it's it's uh it, it is a really very simple story and despite that it, it's still really hard to understand too at least as far as i could tell there's uh, a lot to unpack i think like yeah I, it's a simple enough story that everyone is going to understand the a to b and then like if you're paying attention you'll get a lot more than that and then mm-hmm. if you want to go back five or six times, you'll find something new every time. Yeah. Well, I think that's what helps it too, is like the simple story lets you, or gives you the ability to reflect more on what's happening in the movie. Like you're not caught up in like, okay, where is he now? What is he doing? Where's it? It's like, what, what are these characters over here doing? Like, it's very simple. You're just following one character who's linearly, following a path and and stuff happens on the way and it's not like this whole um like uh, i don't know the the audience knows what's happening everything uh how do i say it's everyone knows what's happening plot wise but then it like it leaves a lot to interpretation i guess concept wise of each of each scene because i want to say they're filled with metaphor metaphorical uh possibilities and like uh and character growth that's not on the surface so it lets the audience like ponder it yeah this movie is filled with loaded lines too like there's Mm -hmm. so many just little dialogue choices that if you could probably just write you could probably write a paragraph on every sentence in this movie if you wanted yeah yeah that'd be cool it it is a good it's a solid script Mm -hmm. there's some cool there's some cool tidbits like that what what was that um there's that speech that alicia vikander's character does uh about the colors red and green and like it, it's like yes. kind of it, it's almost like a monologue, but that was um, it was it was it was it really drew me in. It was almost enchanting, and like 
it was like very beautiful yet also kind of haunting what she was talking about at the same time it was really cool mm-hmm. cuz like she starts by talking about kind of how green is a good color and by the end she's talking about how green is a bad color but it's still a good color but by the end like you've gotten this entire new uh perspective on two colors of all things yeah i, I never really put that much thought into green <laughs> and that really like yeah it, it just because, well, I guess in, in this context, green represents nature, and and red represents man, right? Mm-hmm. And and just it's it's like a it's like a beautiful kind of um, it's almost like a yin and yang thing where like they're interconnected, but they're always fighting, but they need each other, and like yeah, I don't know, it was really cool. It was um, it was pretty cool. Yeah. So, well, speaking of speaking of Alicia Vikander. Uh, just in general, oh. like, all, all the performances were, were really great, I guess. I actually have to ask something, because it has been a few days since I've seen this, and I currently sure. have the Wikipedia page pulled up. Elisha mm-hmm. uh, Vikander played the witch. She also played the other character, right? Like, she was both of the main love interests. Yeah, I was... One, right? Okay, I was confused. I, I thought it was the same person, but then it also wasn't. Like, I didn't understand like, what was happening there. I mean, Did they she both take looked... the form of, of, like, someone he would love or something? I don't know. Because, like, within the, move, within the context of the movie, they are clearly different people. Uh, but they are played by the same person, correct? Yes, very much okay. so. And okay. uh, you could even say... Well, that's the thing. I don't even know if they were... Like, within the context of the movie, they were probably different characters. But then yeah. also, like, when he talked to her, they talked like they were lovers. Or like they used, like, or they that they like they really cared about each other, right? Right. So I don't, I still don't understand what was going on there. Like, yeah, that like like at all. Let's and, uh, we'll we'll circle back around to it. I'm realizing yeah. that uh, the thing I wrote down for the end is just going to be the entire conversation. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, um, but what do you think of Dev Patel in this? Because I think on this show we've seen him in we've seen him in Slumdog Millionaire. And David Copperfield so far. This is yeah. the third thing we've seen him in. Yeah, I haven't seen him in too much. I, I really liked him. I think he he adds... I don't know how to say it. Because like, I, I think the way his, his character looks, for like he, he's kind of designed to, to seem like a mature, bold knight or whatever. Like the thing he wants to be, basically. But then, mm-hmm. like... I don't know. It's something about Dev Patel's... Like his eyes and like just his facial expressions just scream like, innocence to me, you know? Well, and, like, uh, I mean, this isn't so much an acting thing, or maybe it is, but it's also, it might just also be a Dev Patel thing, like, the way he looks, but it, it really says, it really makes me feel a certain way about the character before the movie even starts, honestly. So, um, it's really interesting you say that. I don't know how much of that is intentional on his part, but, like, um, I, that's definitely intentional because this because in the in the um, I really like the way this movie portrays Gawain as um, you know he's bold and he's mature he'll go out into the world and he can do everything but he's still immature in a really interesting way like instead of being like childlike he's just when he goes out into the world it's very clear he has no experience being in the world but like he does at the same time still outwardly seem more competent than anyone else he comes in in contact with. Just that when it comes to things like actually having to 
deal with bandit encounters or like survive or actually surviving by himself in the woods, he clearly is in over his head. It's just that he outwardly never portrays that even when he's alone, which I thought was like, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, does that well, make sense? Yeah. Okay, well, now it's, it does. I think that kind of plays into the themes too of the movie. So gosh, dang. Well, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say we can absolutely not talk about it, but like clearly the themes of the movie is where it's all at here. Yeah. Okay. Well, like, okay. Let me mention a couple of things quickly. That I like the cinematography. I think they use a a different aspect ratio. Like, was it? It wasn't um, like the traditional, right? It was. It was heightened. I, uh, that sounds right. I'm. I'm not sure. I didn't realize. Like, oh, well, I, I wasn't. I, I noticed it, but I wasn't really paying attention to put my finger on it. Yeah, I, I think it. I think it. I think it was like that, just because. Um, I mean, I think they do that just just to fit in like a lot of the different. Um, I guess. How do you say like different sizes? Because there's like lots of different sizes of creatures, right? Um, mm-hmm. Lots of huge landscapes, and I think it helps that it was like a yeah, okay, it was like one eighty five. 1.85 to 1, whereas traditional, I believe, is 2.35 to 1. Um, right. I think. I might just be completely wrong here. But yeah, like, it helps, it helps, because uh, the Green Knight, I believe, was, like, like a, a, a head taller than everyone else, right? Um, and there's, like, scenes with giants, and there's scenes with, I don't know, but yeah, it was uh, a lot of, like, a lot of cool cinematography, like, movements, uh, and it also felt very, like, very raw, which I think helped with the movie, like, it was it was fancy it was fancy there were some fancy shots but like there was it still felt like very like everything was taking its time and like there was never like a moment where i don't know everything feels crazy like crazy intense um it's mm-hmm. like the camera's just vibing and i think it there there were some really really cool shots in this movie especially oh god there's the scene where he goes underwater to in in a in a lake to um to find something mm-hmm. and you know like uh, honestly like they could have just shot it of like him trying to find it like i feel like a stereotypical movie would just be like oh he's like he's running out of breath will he be able to find what he's looking for before he goes up or whatever i don't know um but like there was some amazingly beautiful shots just of him going underwater to pick something up and it was unnecessary but it, it just made that so worth it yeah uh, like um... i i have Almost like I would pay to watch just that sequence for like an hour. It was beautiful. Well, like I was thinking too, there's a scene where he's walking through the mountains and the the whole camera just starts turning. And like, I have seen that, uh, that narrative device a lot. I've seen it in so many movies at this point that it should, that I should have been rolling my eyes when that happened, but it's just so pretty. Like, yeah, there, made it work. there's a lot of things that are, essentially camera tropes or cinematography tropes that are mm. used so well in this that like you barely even notice yeah yeah no it was it was re- like really really good and uh i think that's definitely what part of what kept me interested for so long because i mean mm-hmm. you know just being able to see these beautiful images kind of like the revenant you know where it's like it's a pretty slow <laughs> plot but it helps to to see these beautiful images on the screen um yeah. Yeah, so that was cool. Uh, what else was there? Um, I don't know. Like the setting was interesting. Like the sets were good. Apparently, like the shoot, the shooting of this movie was a fucking mess. So like, uh, 
I, like I'm impressed. I, I thought I'd see more like because uh, I don't think they got much money for this. I thought I'd see more maybe I don't know flaws in it. If that makes sense, like the lighting to be worse or something like that. But no, it all looked really good. I um, would actually be yeah. interested. I don't. I don't actually want to see this, but it would be interesting to see what the cut was that David La- that director David Lowry was not satisfied with last year. Because oh. like it, if he spent a lot, if he spent. Wikipedia says six months. I had heard a year. Any to anyway, he spent a significant amount of time re-editing this movie. So, like, what did it look like before? What was he not satisfied yeah. with? So, like, well, you know, I heard I was reading this interview, and he said like the production put him in kind of like a bad mood or something. Like, I don't know, was he like maybe? Was, I think it was just really, really like I think he liked it, but it was also really stressful for him mm-hmm. um, to be able to pull pull the movie together and then like. He said that, uh, director being David Lowry, I don't know if we mentioned that, but um, he said it kind of carried on into, into his editing process, which might have made the movie seem more, I don't know, maybe frustrated, I guess. <laughs> like, I don't know how you edit frustrated, but like, it, it might have felt that way, or maybe more, I don't know, maybe more intense or something. And he said like, uh, re-getting to re-edit parts of it over the year helped, I guess, kind of helped him separate himself from like, his feelings during filming. And just kind of like look at it as its own thing by it, you know? So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, yeah, but no, it would have been cool maybe to see, maybe in like on a DVD or something to see both. So yeah, um, like I'm saying, I don't think I actually want to see that because this movie was really good. I would just mm-hmm. be interested in like knowing what, knowing what could this movie have been because as you said, you didn't, you don't notice the production troubles at all on this. And like, yeah. If if the production was a mess in any way other than he was just in a bad mood and like there was actually onset drama or anything, didn't come across at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like I don't know, maybe he's just a really good director too to be able to prevent that. Um a couple more things. Set design was good, really interesting. Uh sound mixing, like it's a very quiet movie, but like, you know, the minimalist sounds I think really helped each of the each of them really stick out and feel i think it added to the psychedelic feeling of it like mm-hmm. like like the constant kind of wind around him and stuff like that i don't know do, do you remember any sounds you really liked i it's it's not fresh enough in my mind that i do oh, i remember I that i i did really like it i don't remember anything specific unfortunately oh, okay um yeah so okay so you you want to talk theme now we, we gotta i so i think like it. we've i don't really think this is a movie that you can spoil too much of and i think mm-hmm. that i don't think we've done that yet but i'm gonna say let's put our final spoiler warning here and also like you know recommend or not recommend we'll we'll do a full rating at the end but what do you think pierre what would you say um oh, i'm not sure man i I kind of want to give it like a seven, maybe an eight, you know, like it, it's right. still kind of artsy for me. And like, it's hard. It's just hard to tell. Like, I feel like I need to read the plot description or like rewatch it eventually or something. Cause I, I still don't, I still don't understand even like a lot of the stuff that was pretty blatantly shown on screen. I think the sound mixing might've been a little off. Like some of the voices were kind of quiet because like, for example, in the first act, I picked up very little of what people were trying to say, and I, I didn't. Get, so I wasn't able to pick up much from it. Even though, like, I think there was a lot more to the first act than meets the eye. Uh, 
So yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I'd say a seven for now. I might go to an eight if I like uh, understand it more in the future. Uh, for right now, I'm just going to say this is a definite recommend. I'm going to try and go see it again in the theaters if I can. And like, I mean, I just think it's really, really good. I, I hope it gets nominated for some Oscars, but I honestly don't know where I would even expect it to. So mm-hmm. I don't know that this is going to be a must see for people that got to see all the Oscars movies. Cause I don't know if it's going to be on that list, but yeah, I definitely think that not. people should see it because I thought it was really, really good. I could see maybe cinematography or something. I'm hoping I, so. I, I doubt like there's no way best picture It's just too weird for best picture. It's too weird and like kind of too small for best picture. Like I know yeah. Nomadland is a small movie, but like, it's kind of an exception. Yeah. I mean, Francis McDormand too, I think is just like an Oscar heavyweight. So yeah. like, I don't think Dev Patel or David Lowry possess the same uh, pot, like power in, in that, in that term, in those terms. Well, and more importantly, I think like, I would really like to see David Lowry get put in like best director. And mm-hmm. I would also really like to see Dev Patel go for best actor here. As well mm. as I would even put like, I would say I would even be very, very happy to see Joel Edgerton or Ralph Ineson as best supporting actor. But the thing mm. is, like, again, this is a small movie. There's movies that I know are coming out soon that like are just going to blow it out of the water. And I don't necessarily mean they're actually going to be better directed or acted. It's just that there's so much higher profile that this movie kind of has no chance. Yeah, Definitely. So, like, you know, I, it, I really appreciate it, but yeah. Give it three months and Wes Anderson has another movie that we'll talk about, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, you want to start Let's get the... into the weeds. Okay. <laughs> it's going to get messy. Uh, um, so, yeah, what, what did you think the movie, the climax of the movie was trying to say, or the movie was trying to say? So, this movie is about a knight who's, like, really selfish and and really this isn't i think that this movie's message is really simple and it's uh, communicated in like seven different ways that all make it very effective i think the message of the movie is if you make a promise you have to keep it and you can't cheat i really think that's the message of this movie oh wait straight up that's it i i mean Obviously, I mean, it's a little wrong, more new. It's a little more nuanced than that, but like okay, that yeah. is, I think, the message of the movie. Because at the very beginning, he like makes a promise to this knight that the knight is going to behead. That is, the knight is going to be able to behead him, and like mm. he didn't have to make that deal, but he did, and now he has to honor it. And then, like over the course of the movie, you, we as the audience, sort of spend our time like wondering, oh, how is he? How is he going to get out of it? And like. As he's headed out, King Arthur basically says to him, you'll come back alive. It'll be fine. And then at the very end, like from the witch, he gets a sash, which I didn't say what it was earlier, but it's a sash of invincibility. So if he's wearing it, he cannot be harmed. So then like at the very end, you know, he has all of these ways to get out of it. And what he has to learn at the end is like, no, he's just gotta. He's just gotta honor his promise. He's just gotta honor his word and be a good and and be an honorable knight. Okay. And like the I mean, entire yeah, yeah. movie is leading up to teaching him specifically that lesson. Yeah, I I think like 
I, I definitely agree with that. I think there's like sort of some different angles to look at it from, if that makes sense. But like, oh, definitely, like, definitely. I, I guess I saw it as like he is a because what he was like kind of a drunk, right? And like maybe a seen as bit. not a drunk. Like, maybe he was wasn't he kind of seen as like ill, not illegitimate, but like I don't want to say it, like not because like the king didn't really accept him so, until like later in his life or something, right? Yeah, I would say like illegitimate is maybe a bad word here because he wasn't the king's son. He was the yeah. king's nephew. And like he's very he's clearly very close to the king. But he's also like way closer to the king than just like any random person should be. So mm-hmm. he's kind of seen as like the what the impression I got is that other people around him like I don't know that they necessarily hated him for that, but they definitely noticed it. And so, like, when he's at the bar, he gets made fun of for it. And also, he doesn't have to do anything. He just has, because he's so close to the king, and because he's they're in a time of peace, essentially, he's he's gets to sit at the round table without actually being a full knight. He, like, doesn't actually have to do anything. He can just sort of hang around and get drunk. Uh, and, like, he's, he's never had to take responsibility. And then this is a movie where he all of a sudden has to take responsibility, but doesn't know how. So there's like several different mm, angles yeah. on him, like learning life lessons about taking responsibility. Yeah. Well, that's like, cause that's, I think that's where like the boyish, boyish part comes out where it's like, he, I, I think it's like, he's, he wants to be seen as more of an adult, right? But he's not. Or like a knight. I guess knight slash adult. I think it's kind of synonymous almost in that era. In, um, certainly in this movie, it's synonymous. Yeah. And like, I think, and he, he never really got a chance to, to be a knight until he's kind of, you know, I guess the greedy knight kind of comes in and he kind of tricks him into, into, truly, in, into truly becoming a knight, if that makes sense. Because like the... Uh, it's almost like, like like the movie follows his quest to be a knight, and he thinks he's a knight. But then every part of the quest, it's like he he does the opposite of of anything of what a knight's supposed to do. Like right. the first thing that happens to him is he 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 gets taken down by essentially three kids, tricked and taken down without a, without even a fight, right? And they steal all this stuff. Well, um, and also, I don't know how much different things would have been if he'd approached the first of those kids differently, but, like, he runs across this kid in a battlefield, and he just sort of keeps going. And the kid is, like, clearly trying to... The, the kid is very clearly trying to scam him. This is a criminal yeah. child. But, like, um, you know, as a knight, he should... He would be expected to like get to the battlefield, and there's like some random civilian there. Well, he should be helping the civilian, but no, he doesn't have time for that. He's just going to keep going. And yeah. so, like, he acted he acted wrong for a night, and he got punished for it. Mm-hmm. Kind of, yeah. And then, and then the same thing, you know, happens. Well, maybe not similar. Like, I guess the same something well, happens when he when he turns out like he turns up in that that house, right? Yeah. Um, and it's like he's, um, how do I say that? It's it's like, like I I think it was kind of like a better story. But he's say he's he's doing what she said. But like when you look at it, it's like he thought she was advanced. Like remember that scene where she, he he tries to touch her because he thinks she's asking for like sex basically, and then she's like, 
why would why are you trying to touch me like why would you why would that even come to you you're supposed to be a knight if that makes sense right and yeah then, like, and i think in that scene the most powerful uh the most like the best line for me in that scene is where he's about to go in so basically a ghost girl has just said go find my head it's in the lake and like mm. you know don't ask any questions her head is in the lake so at yeah. that point you know he is he's about to jump into the lake he's gonna get that head and he turns around real quick and says hey what's in it for me and like as a knight he that would be the last thing he'd be expected to say like that's incredibly insulting she just like turns it back on him and is like why would you ever ask me that yeah because what she was she was beheaded for refusing to have sex with another knight right or who was someone who was supposed to be a knight mm-hmm. or was it just a dude it might have been just been a dude it's uh, possible it was just a dude. It was a dude with some power, but it was just some dude. Yeah, okay. And then, like, you know, a knight's, knight's supposed to be noble and, like, serve the, the people. And, yeah, he asked for something in return, essentially. Yeah. Um, which is, you know. And then also, I, I think in kind of a, a twisted way, it was like, like it, it feels like in a story, a real knight story, he's supposed to save her from being beheaded. But, like, mm-hmm. in, like in the end, like, he, he just wasn't even there. So, like, he had no... He never really had a chance to save the maiden or whatever. Um, yeah. So, like, again, example of a failed knight. And then... Uh, well, and actually, building on that, I would wonder, because, like, if he had had the chance to, um, to save her from being beheaded, like, let's say he, wa- he walks in there and, you know, he gets there before this person is there who's going to... Before that guy comes in who's going to behead her. Would he have asked what's in it for me in that situation? I'm going to assume no, but like what makes this situation different except that yeah. there's no time constraint. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, which, yeah, I guess and that, that almost actually, when you say like that, it kind of ties into the climax where it's like time is time is like very little where he has to choose between being a knight or not. But um Anyways, uh, and, and yeah, and then kind of the third, I'd say third section of the story with, of the quest where he bumps into the witch, right? Or, yeah. I still don't understand, because basically he bumps into, or he, he stumbles upon a, a, a sort of manor, I guess, like big, really big house slash really small castle maybe, um, where uh, he meets a witch and her family who, and the witch looks... I don't know if it's the same character or what, but it looks exactly like this girl he was having sex with back home. And mm-hmm. uh, that he... Or not just said, but like he, he had feelings for her, I'm guessing. Um, and anyways, and then there, there was kind of a test where she... What, she what she gives him a hand job or something, and then... It's and, the big climax of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there, there's the sex joke that, that I accidentally made. Um, yeah, I, wait, can you explain better what happened? I, I was kind of confused, honestly. Like, so, you... uh, he makes it to a castle, which is uh, run by Joel Edgerton. And when he gets to this castle, like, he's early. I think Joel Edgerton maybe, like, kind of helps save him from the forest. And he's now, like, six, he's, I think, four days early to meet the knight. And apparently very, very close to where the knight is. So he can literally just leave in the morning when it's time, and he'll get there in time. So. Yeah. Joel Edgerton just like puts him up in this really nice castle for four days. And then I think this is where there's a bit of a role reversal because here it's not 
or at least a role reversal from um, from the time where he meets the ghost girl, because like here, it's not him who's uh, asking for anything. They're all trying to tempt him because there's the witch who's like really trying to solicit sex from him. There's Joel Edgerton, who is like every single time he gets the opportunity, he's like, hey, let's make a deal, bud. How about we make a deal? Want to make a deal? And then like they're they're just constantly they are like giving him stuff uh, because they're putting him up in this nice castle. But they're also just like kind of trying to win him over way more than is maybe appropriate. This is actually the part where I get a little confused, too, because this is clearly the most like metaphorically significant part of the movie. And it's not I'm sure it's not counter to everything else that's in the movie. It's just that I don't really know what's what's being said. Yeah, me neither. If uh, definitely, I guess, like in terms of the movie, it was almost like like a calm before the storm. If that makes sense, even though there wasn't really yeah. much of a storm at the end, it was just like. Uh, but yeah, like I don't know. It was. It, was, it felt like more intro, more of an introspection, and I guess like a look at uh, what it, maybe his journey and his life, and like why 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 he's trying to do what he's doing. Um, because that's this where the speech like- with the red and green happens, and like. Uh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and this is also the point where he has the most opportunity to just duck out of his quest and, like, peace out back to Camelot if he wants to. Because this is where he meets the witch who gives him the sash of invulnerability. This is where, like, they don't even necessarily want him to go to the Green Knight. Like, they encourage him and everything, but when it's time to go, they, like, Joel Edgerton tries to bring him back. Um... They're more than happy to just keep them up, keep them up at their house forever, and like they, they, there's a lot of things that are tempting him specifically away from going to keep his promise to the night. Yeah, specifically, you know, sex. I think that's, that's, that's the big one. That's the big. That's one. the big one. Yeah, because I, I think it kind of felt like the. Well, I don't know how to say because, like, I don't know what it was actually like back in the day, but isn't like part of a knight's vow to like I don't know not. Ah, oh, what what is it like? Not, not fall in love or something like like or not? I okay. I'm honestly, I'm just going off Game of Thrones, and I remember certain pe- certain people weren't allowed to have sex or whatever uh, because they were like they were knights or I don't know. I don't know if that's real. It's definitely not true, but like it may have been like as in I guarantee no knight ever cared, but <laughs> yeah. um, like I, I don't know maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I guess like what? Because there, there's a, a scene quite literally where she she tempts him, and then well, that is that the scene where she gives him the, the gives him the, the movie's big climax. The, the movie's big big climax, and like the the protective what is essentially like like a jizz rag, <laughs> uh, to wrap around a wrap around because that's what it was. I guess that symbolizes his fear of being a knight, right? Because she gives him that, and it's like, this will protect you from any type of harm. Yeah. When, While and, you're wearing this, you can never be harmed. Yeah, and that that scene where she kind of gives it to him and also gives it to him um, <laughs> results in, like, kind of the juxtaposition of... It's, kinda, it's like a double metaphor, maybe, where it's like, you you taking this means you are not a knight, and also you just, like, falling... Like just being so wild with like temptation for me, um, 
and because he kind of embarrasses himself there i think that, that's the vibe i got i think because like mm-hmm. she, she was kind of testing him i guess in a way um she he, he failed it and it and also another way he he felt like less of a knight and i think the the metaphor was also trying to point out he felt like less of a man in general uh again because it's quite synonymous in this movie with both those terms so right uh so yeah it's just uh, it's from what i can tell it's a movie about a guy who's, who's just a really shitty knight even though you know he always wanted to be one of the greats right there's that scene at the start where he's like i'm surrounded by legends around me at the round table um and, and yeah Sorry, go well, ahead. and then if I can if I can discuss the actual big climax of the movie as well, like at yeah. the very end, um, it ties into exactly that same thing where he gets this vision of the future if he just runs away and just lies about having defeated the Green Knight because he can do that. He has all the tools available to him that he can just run away and call it a day. And if he does that, not only does he survive and become a knight. He straight up becomes king and just like he's provided for for the rest of his life. And it looks miserable. Like it looks like a curse. And so that's why he finally, that's like the final moment before he turns around and is like, you know what? I'm going to accept my fate. Yeah. Well, I I guess it's a vision of, yeah, what his life would end up being if he, if he, it's kind of more of the same, you know, he, he grows up and he, he looks like he becomes a failed king and he fails his, uh, his son or whatever. He fails the love of his life or his actual, like the, the one he actually loves, you know? Yeah. Because um, he just becomes like increasingly callous and terrible. Yeah. But technically prosperous for it. Well, prosperous, but I think it, it's, it's like, it's all like, it's all fake, right? Like, yeah, exactly. well, you know, because exactly. it's like he's because he's not being a knight, he's not actually getting what he wants. He marries, he probably may, like it looks like he marries someone that was arranged to be married to him. Like he doesn't actually love her. He yep. he has a child that was taken from his his true mother and ends up like dying because of a war. He I'm guessing he started, mm-hmm. uh, and then he himself dies because the people hate him. I think so. Uh, yeah, it's and that all I think that all stems from this idea of he is not he he's not a knight, he's not a man because he is not he 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 will not he's not true to his word, which is like yeah. This is I basically took the extremely long way to say exactly what you were saying. No, but um, like that's I love that you can do that with this movie. There's so much in it, and at the end of the at the end of the day, the moral isn't entirely, but can really just be simplified down to keep your promises. That's, you can just simplify the whole thing down to that. Yeah, and like live a life of integrity, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. which, is a true, which is a true life. But then like, it's, it's very weird because the end, I think the end implies he, he does die. He, do, he is killed either way, right? Because I feel like they're leading up to like, I assumed like, because, you know, it's like the climax of the movie. You're expecting, like, okay, the Green Knight, it's all part of this secret plan, or, like, he's going to make him a real man or something like that, and maybe this was set up. Um, but it's quite literally, like, you, you need to keep your word, and I'm proud of you for doing that, but now I have to kill you, basically, because that's... So, um, oh, uh, yeah, so it's like... Say, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, so, yeah, in the context of the movie, you're right. Do you want to know how the 
how the actual story ends. Like the story that this is adapted from, which is not super important to understanding sure. this story as it is. The Green Knight was a plot by the witch to get at Arthur. And like at the very end, the Green Knight's just like, ah, it's okay. It was just a prank, bruh. <laughs> okay, yeah, I don't know if I would have loved that ending. But okay, no, see, I'm, like, there, yeah. there was that, that's what I mean, though. Like the start of the movie, there's, there's some parts I don't understand in terms of like the. Like what? What was what was that ceremony, or what was his mom doing, or whatever, to during that sequence where the Green Knight comes in, right? Because aren't they doing a ritual or something? Was that implying that the Green Knight was made by her, or what? That, I mean, that's what I got out of it. Is that actually the implication? I guess I don't really know, but yeah, that's what I got. Is that she made the Green Knight? I actually got that she was controlling the Green Knight, but the Green Knight definitely seems to have a mind of his own. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was. That's why I, I didn't really understand what was going on with like that whole that whole plot. And I still yeah, again, I still don't understand what was going on with that random house in the middle of nowhere. Nothing adds up in terms of those. So like that that's that's the kind of stuff where it's like, okay, I, I could see myself rewatching it just to maybe understand what was going on there. And I think there's like a lot more messaging and layers to it. Um mm-hmm. because there were other themes too. Like there's that theme of like there was a few scenes of people cutting down trees, and like uh, there were there were like themes of death and and rebirth in a way, uh, and all that stuff that I think ties more into the idea of the Green Knight being like like nature itself almost, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like maybe like maybe maybe it's kind of like Alicia Vikander when she was t- when she was talking about her speech. It's like nature is unjudging and unforgiving, if that makes sense. Like it does what it does no matter what what like trees will grow like over time and like you can't really stop it like life or like plants will grow everywhere you know over time there's not you can't just destroy that um which maybe ties into the green knight where the green knight isn't he's not merciful he's not forgiving he's not unjust he, he's literally just like a force of nature that yeah. um and and that's why like when when Dev Patel comes to him because remember Dev Patel's like is that it like you're just gonna kill me and he's like yep that's literally it. <laughs> you yeah. know and I think the audience too is also like all right, wait all right, this is the climax it's like literally what they told us at the beginning um, so yeah I don't, I don't know like do you, do you have any thoughts on that like the those other themes that kind of played into it beneath it. I really spent most of my mental faculties tying every all of the themes into that one central one, but there's clearly so much more going on, like just in what you've said, that I absolutely think it's worth my time to go back and watch another time, watch again if I get the time, because there's just so much going on in this movie. That's my way of saying not really. I don't really have anything (laughs) else to say, but there is definitely so much more here. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I understand. Yeah. I don't like. I okay. I want to watch it again, but I'm also like. It's just such a weird movie, and like, the, like I don't know if I'd want to watch it again. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like it was. It's slow and it's not exciting to watch. It's good to watch in theaters. I really enjoyed it, but like, it drags a bit by nature of that's how the movie is, and it's how it has to be. I don't want it to be different. It's just that it does make it a little more difficult of a watch. I would say. Yeah, that's fair. I will say though that like this, I'm really happy I saw this in theaters. This is one of those, despite it being really small and like in like scope, it 
it added a lot to see it in theaters with the like because like some of those sequences like it really helped to be completely like or as as immersed as possible into like um and into what was going on like the way i guess it was just mostly for the cinematography honestly but like like if i was watching this on tv i probably would have been bored a lot more quickly if that makes sense because i wouldn't have been drawn into like the cinematic part of the movie and more focused on the plot i guess so um yeah this is why theaters are good so overall what would you give the cinematic experience the green knight true yeah i'd still give it a seven i think like like it's enjoyable and i like it i just yeah it's not a movie i don't know if i'd watch again and like you said it was slow uh i don't know if i I think that was kind of what the movie was going for anyways i don't think like they made a mistake or whatever but i still don't like love that um and there were some scenes that were just yeah too metaphorical for me which kind of affected my ability to appreciate them that much uh yeah like i think like maybe make if the first act was a little bit stronger and then like that last scene at the witch's house or whatever made more sense like because not like you, you don't get it right and i don't get it so it's like you know it's like why and it wasn't really that engaging anyways like that sequence Mm-hmm. um so yeah i would it's kind of like it kind of hurts the score for me but yeah no it was still enjoyable definitely recommend seeing this in theaters just for like an interesting experience and yeah a seven so what about you well i'm gonna say a 7.5 but i'm gonna say that with the uh with the additional caveat that like i fully intend to go see this in theaters again if i can and like i think this is a movie that is better on a second watch i can't say that for sure, because I haven't watched it twice. But, like, it definitely seems like, now that I kind of know what I think it's about, if I go back in and look for more of those themes, I think it will be even better. So, right now it's a 7.5. I think it's very possible that that could go higher. It's just a matter of, I don't want to say that until I've seen it at least one more time. Mm, Yeah, that's fair. Pretty good score, uh, though. Yeah, I'm really happy I saw this. I probably wouldn't have seen this if like you didn't want to watch it, so I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, uh, coming up next week, uh, we didn't discuss this earlier, but I'm just going to throw something out there, and I think this will probably be an okay suggestion. I'll see if you're okay with this. Uh, want to go watch The Suicide Squad next week? Yes, I am really excited now again. All right, let's do that. Pierre, what's the last word? Uh, climax. <laughs>